we are going to be reading from James 5, 1 through 6. Okay, and I'm reading from the ESV version for everyone who needs to know. <laughs> um, warning to the rich. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up riches in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts, and you have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Bit of, bit of light reading for a Sunday morning. Um, this is heavy stuff. This is really, really heavy stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. But it is so easy to read this and get offended or skim past because we don't want to be convicted or even just to make sure we check ourselves that we don't fall into this category. Um, but I want us to flip that and I want us to look at what it says about God first. And it says a whole lot more about God than it does about us. So it says that he is just. He speaks up for, the, for those who struggle and strive to put food on the table as it talks about the laborers and the harvesters in the field. He is honest. He doesn't shy away from his language or how this behavior makes him feel. And this righteous anger, which ultimately convicts us and makes us realize the sin that we, we might be living in. He is merciful. This is our warning. God's like, you can't say I didn't tell you these things. Those four words, warning to the rich. He is warning us here. And his omniscience. He knows our hearts as well as he knows our bank statements. He knows when we're being comfortable and not sacrificial. And it's so easy to take this passage and say it doesn't apply to you. Some of this is pointing fingers at people who would um, like, like put down on poor people, um, who would just point fingers and take advantage of them. But there are actually other warnings in this, and I think it's in that strong language that we kind of don't want to hear, that we can understand that God is actually talking to us as well. So what do these words actually say, and how does it apply to me? Well, that's highlighted in what Linda's just shared with us from James 4:17. It says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. Now, I don't know your financial situations, and I'm not going to speak into it or whatever, but I know that actually in our given circumstances, in our society, in the, in the UK, we actually are pretty well off. And, you know, maybe one day we, our riches were the blessing for us, and they were the thing that made us closer to God. But actually, over time, our riches can just be more of a distraction. Maybe we weren't as poor as we once were, and that is what God is saying in here, that actually the society today we live in tells us we should treat ourselves, we should get a bit of retail therapy. I know I definitely fall short of that in that category. I love to shop. And, and I've, even just writing this talk, I was completely convicted. See, I chose this 
passage to speak from, not realizing that God was going to actually say something to me. And this month is my birthday on Tuesday, just to say. And um, I've spent so much money on myself, it's actually terrible. And, and it's funny because actually on Tuesday, I'm going to be getting presents. So you, should, you would think like, I'm not going to spend any money, but I actually did the complete opposite. And what it really told me is that actually, you can not be a selfish person, but you can do selfish things. Now, I want to get that right because I don't want anyone to misinterpret what I'm saying, but your heart might not be to be a selfish person. But actually, we're humans. We all fall short of that. We all fall short into sin, and we all look after number one because that's our human nature. And as we go back into that first line, which with, with the really strong language, come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. It's, it's talking about the return of Jesus Christ. It's talking about, actually, you better be careful. This is your warning. And I'm reminded of James 1.27 that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, and it says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Because hoarding wealth is proof that we're not after the orphans and the widows. It's proof that we're just actually after ourselves. And in verse 5 it says, You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. It's a pretty fair statement to be fair. I feel like I do live in luxury. And I've actually always tried to say these next words, whether they're actually actions or just words, you know, definitely this month they're just words, but I would rather struggle for God's kingdom than to be complacent in my own comfort. And I really try and say that over myself because actually I would rather struggle financially because I'm giving to amazing charities like Food Bank, like Baby Basics, like all these different things. I would rather struggle by giving to those things than to be complacent in my own comfort. But sometimes we don't really stick to those words. But it's actually all about the heart. It's like Pete was just saying about the offering. It's about what your heart actually is after in those situations. Because does it really make sense for me to live this way when life is actually really short? You know, we've got 70, 80, 90 years, if you're lucky, on this earth. And how are you going to choose to live them? You know, in COVID, we've realized that actually people die every day and life is short. So how are you going to try to live your life for others? In the second part of verse 5, it says, You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Now, this, I just get a picture of like a cow in a field enjoying grass. And he's just filling up without realizing that he's actually preparing himself before he goes into the slaughterhouse. And when the cow is filling himself, it's actually detrimental that he will die. It's part of the food chain. So the stuff that we store is actually evidence that we aren't there for others. The stuff that we're storing is only going to be proof that we didn't live our life for other people. It's like really, really challenging stuff. And all of this reminds me of Matthew 6, 19 to 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on the earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Something I've really realized is actually everything on this earth is temporary. You know, I could put a post-it note on all the things around this room that are temporary and it would be everywhere. Even our bodies are actually temporary. But the one thing that is permanent is our relationship with Christ. So how are you going to live this life? Are you going to live it for others or for yourself? My encouragement is to choose others, to be like Jesus, to not fall into the trap of this world, to just look out for number one, to consume and consume. And so to end my questions for you guys, just to challenge you, uh, are you complacent in your own comfort? Are you living for God's kingdom? And what are you doing with your finances for God's kingdom as well? Yeah, that's all I want to share. there Becca you can stay (laughs) yeah and uh, maybe it's easy to think you know this might be like a double bill so okay we've had that lovely what's next and and just move straight on but actually that that's not the right thing to do actually it's a real word for us isn't it how do we why am I wearing this like this how do we treat our finances actually Becca's challenged us hasn't she about pursuing treasures in heaven treasures in heaven yeah and there was um, there's some sayings that uh, Becca has has said to this this morning are we comfortable and not sacrificial Mm. and are we struggling are we would we rather struggle than be complacent and as Becca was saying about lockdown it I think it's challenged all of us that actually you know shops are shut and we like to go for a rummage and you know we might not necessarily buy anything but actually that desire to go out and just to see things that we could possibly um, buy and there's that taken away from us and it's like that's like a bereavement you know for some of us actually and then when a shop is open it's like (gasps) I've got to get out there I've got to go there I've got to do this but actually you know I've realised that we don't need so much stuff, you know. And, uh, and at one point we're looking at moving a house and so we've been sorting things out and you chuck away so much stuff that you don't actually use or you haven't used for years. And how much more, you know, we could be spending our time, even just time and money, worshipping God and doing what God wants for our lives and for our money and for um, everything that we have. Yeah, and I would just encourage you, um, I know we have, as Becca says, actually what you, our circumstances change, and sometimes what we think was generous once isn't, because we've had pay rises, we've had bonuses, we've had all sorts of things, and actually the truth of it is sometimes we do have to examine our hearts, and I just encourage you, because just imagine if we were so generous, what kingdom could God do, what could God do? Thanks, Becca, for challenging us. It's really helpful, really. Should we just give her a quick clap? It's fantastic. And it was her first ever preach, so pretty amazing. So that's fantastic. Okay, we're going to have our uh, next guy. Christopher's going to come and bring us uh, a word of God, and Linda's going to pray for him. Okay. 
Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for Christopher. We thank you that um, you've given him the words to say this morning. And Lord, I just pray that he'd, he'd continue to listen to you as he brings the word today. And that, Lord, again, like Becca has um, really provoked us, that, Lord, these words would provoke us as well and um, would make us closer to you. Lord, we thank you for Christopher and what he's going to share. Amen. Hello, can you hear me? Good. Oops. <laughs> yeah, just going to sort myself up here first. Good morning, church. Good morning, Trinity family. Well, I'm quite excited to be here. Thank you, Becca. Yeah, good way to start. Take up all my money. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's um, the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways. And... It's quite interesting, Becca came to talk about her experience and her money and everything and how she's been enjoying her shopping this month. And then for me, in my own journey, um, I'll be talking about something I think affects everyone. So today we'll be looking at um, James chapter 5, verse 7 to 12, which is on the topic patient and suffering. I'm just going to quickly read from verse 7. By the way, I'm reading from the NLT version of the Bible. Um, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Verse 9, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Verse 12. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Hallelujah. So um, it's quite interesting because um, this is something that is not selective. Suffering does not discriminate. It's everyone goes through suffering one way or the other, one form or shape. Um, at the moment, uh, COVID has kept everybody at home and people have been separated from family, from friends for a period of time. And it's affected some people's mental health as well. So we will all experience suffering. But the thing is, our attitude is what is called into question while we're going through suffering. As Christians, we're not exempt as well. In fact, the Bible, there's no place in the Bible that says we're not going to go through it. But the Bible says that we should be of good cheer for the Lord has overcome for us. So we're all going to go through it. But our attitude is what is called into question here. Um, at the moment, wherever you are, just think for a second. Identify what you're suffering. Just identify what you're going through right now. It could be your challenges, it could be your limitations, it could be trouble at work, it could be your relationships, it could be your family, it could be COVID, it could be your health, it could be anything. That is suffering. And just uh, last couple of days, I don't know if we're all listening to, to the news in, in, in Iraq, 
uh, a church was attacked and people were literally killed and just for coming together to worship the Lord. That is a form of suffering for Christians. And we're all gathering here today. We don't have that fear at the back of our mind. We thank God for that. But yes, that is also another form of suffering. So just look at yourself. What are you going through? And what is your attitude? Why are you going through it? Very important. Verse 7 and 8 in this Bible verse talks about patience. Just remind us that we should remember the Lord is returning. Jesus is returning. There's a promise that he's coming back and then we're all going to rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Just remember that. And just to also reinforce it, remember the farmers. Um, they sow the seed and they wait for the harvest. That means they also have to water it. And they wait for the harvest. What keeps them going? Why they're doing all that? Because they have the harvest at the back of their mind just so that we can have the food on the table. We pop into the shops, we just pick up whatever we want. The farmers have done the work for us to have that. So that is patient through that experience. Your suffering is actually an experience. It's an opportunity for you to experience the Holy Spirit for us as believers. It is through your suffering, it is through that challenge that you're going through that you encounter the Holy Spirit. I've had my own share of this. Some, some of you might know. There's a period where uh, I had to literally call my faith into question because I was going through a phase in my life with my immigration situation in the country. And it was as if, wow, how can God tell me he loves me? But through the grace of God, I've actually grown to know God and experienced God in a way that I, I could never imagine. So your attitude when you're going through this phase is very important. Two questions. In your suffering, you can either choose to grow or choose to grumble. Basically, it's, you got, you've got two choices. Grow through it or grumble. Keep moaning every day about it. It's just, just your choice. But as believers, we're called. James, the book of James is telling us that we should remember that Jesus is coming back. We should remember the farmers. Remember the whole process. That is a process for you to get to know Jesus. And God, guess what? Jesus is very faithful. Give him a, just give him a go and see, see what happens. Um, verse 9 uh, is talking about the negative impact of how we speak to one another. Speaking negatively about one another, actually, I can actually just relate that to what I was talking about earlier, moaning about our situation. We want to blame this person, blame that person, or maybe we'll blame Boris or blame anyone that just <laughs> comes to mind. Just blame them. You know, it's easier for us to blame others and not look at, you know, what is God trying to do through this experience. So you've got a choice here, grow or moan. The choice is yours. And verse 10 to 11 is talking about, it said, be steadfast. It said, be steadfast. And the great example here is Job. Gosh, if you read the book of Job, sometimes I'm like, wow, this is, this is another level, you know? But he was steadfast. And at the end of the day, God was kind to him. You know, God was really kind to him. God proved himself to be faithful. And all Job did was just allow the experience to show that he trusted in God through the experience. He held closer to God. For me, in my personal journey, I've come to realize that I'm totally dependent on God. 
You know, yes, I go about doing what I can, but my, I'm totally dependent on God. And everything I do is God, if it is your will. And through your journey, through your experience, God will mold you and refine you to be a blessing to those around you. It's interesting, Linda was talking about people just renewing their minds and people just getting to, uh, 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 what was that word now? Uh, 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 people just getting to sort of transform, transformation. It is through this experience that you actually get some sort of transformation that you can't get from reading a book. You know, the, the, the life will just, the, the presence of God will just help transform you. So yeah, I'm just going to try and end this by just popping this question uh, to each and every one of us uh, at home or out and about, wherever you are. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever the suffering is, whatever it is that challenge is, what are you going to do? Are you going to moan? Are you going to grow through it? I'll let Pete and Linda take a response to that. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Christopher. It was so good. Really helpful. Um, wow, fantastic. Um, could we have something really a bit more comfortable, like, you know... <laughs> It would have been really good. Um, yeah, and I think actually the way that we handle suffering is just so important because when we go through suffering and difficulties, we can feel that, well, where is God? You know, if you read the book of Job, you wonder actually how he can still be there at the end. And I often, I say, you know, God, I'm really faithful, but hey, I don't really want a Job experience. It's fine. And, and, and actually, in Romans 5, um, 3 to 5, it talks about uh, our suffering. But it says, which I love, um, and endurance develops strength of character. And, characters, um, sorry, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, I think this morning from Christopher, we need to, um, the phrase is, are we going to choose to grow through our suffering or are we just going to grumble about it? Mm. I think we can have a little bit of a grumble, but then what are we going to do? You know? We're only human. We want to grumble about something. So, you know, but what are we actually going to do? Are we then going to take um, on board and, and just turn to God and say, help, help me through this. How can I grow through this situation and therefore hopefully help others that may face that situation as well? And, you know, we're going we're gonna to come to a time where we perhaps can respond as Bryn leads us, leads us in the last song. And just I'd like to take a moment. Now, what is it that's spoken to you this morning? Because actually, I think they can be really connected. Because, in fact, actually, we can grumble and feel we're suffering through our finances. We, we can really feel, well, why haven't I, why have they got more than I've got? And I promise you, I know for one thing, that you can never, you'll never have enough if you have that attitude. But actually, we should be grateful for what we've got. Be faithful and steward what we've got. And have a heart that says, we want to build kingdoms and we want to see God glorified. 
We want to be a people that say, God, I don't understand why I suffer, but I know that you never forsake us. You never abandon us. And we have a confident hope that the Holy Spirit dwells with us. The Holy Spirit is here and available that lives in us and enables us to go through things. And the one thing we know, without a doubt, as we've experienced in our own life, is that God is faithful. And sometimes, you know what? We need to just get on our knees and we need to cry out to God. And when we don't hear, we have to cry out to God a bit more. But God is faithful. And if this morning we want to do business with God, I promise you, through prayer, through our hearts that are open, he will meet every need and he will speak into every heart. Amen.